the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Your happiest spring starts with Lowe's. Because Spring Fest is happening now to help get you everything you need to celebrate the season. Come on into Lowe's and save on select appliances. Right now, you can get free basic install via rebate with purchase of select items $5.99 or more. We're celebrating spring with more fun and more savings. Create a season full of happiness at Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Excludes Connecticut and Rhode Island. Appliance offer restrictions and other fees may apply. See store for details while supplies last. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Gerard Artson, and we're going to be talking to Gerard about UFOs this hour. Now, through his research into the work of Georgia Dembski, arguably the most famous of early contacts tees, our guest this hour, Gerard, has uncovered the true significance of coming of the coming of UFOs and the increased sightings. He refrains the discussion about the relevance of Dembski's mission in preparation for the or should I say for a complete restructuring of our world. Joining me now from the Netherlands is Gerard Artson. And uh, Gerard, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you, Gerard. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about who George Adamski was. George Adamski was the first uh, who first American in any case and, and the first person in the world, I believe, to write about his experiences, to come out about his experiences of seeing a flying saucer land Mm -hmm. almost in front of him and speaking to one of the occupants. There have been other people 
after him who came out with their stories. Some of them happened apparently before Adamski's uh, meeting in the desert. It was on the 20th of November in 1952. But Adamski was the very first person to come out with that and to write about it and speak about it openly. Now tell me, Gerard, why do you think that the Adamski sighting and the Adamski Adamski contact is still relevant in today's society? Um, it's very much relevant uh, because it was in, was really the uh, the first uh, contact case that received so much world attention around mm-hmm. the world, and the purpose for that attention was to make uh, the people, you know, the the, the the Earth's population aware of the fact that we're not alone. But um, because he was drawing so much attention and he was asked to bring a message of hope in the midst of the Cold War, you know, the, the psychological threat mm-hmm. that was going on between the Soviets and the Americans, yeah. um, the authorities decided that they wanted to nothing of it and, and um, started to a disinformation campaign, basically, to make him and, and, and other contactees ridic- look ridiculous and, and started to deride him and uh, defame him. Uh, so that by the early 1960s, nobody was taking him or most of the other contactees seriously anymore with uh, a lot of conspiracy theories as a result. Um, so what what we, the relevance of Adamski's case is, uh, apart from the fact that it's been, been kept from the public, mm-hmm. is that we need to be aware as a human race that uh, we are not the only intelligent life in the universe, far from it, in fact, and uh, there are people out there who are concerned about our well-being, not, alone, not only, but also about the well-being of our solar system. And that's why they're here. All right, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial uh, break, Gerard. We'll be right back. I want to thank you so much for joining us. ExoNation, this is going to be a very interesting hour. My guest this hour is George Artson, and he is an educator at the Amsterdam University of Applied Sciences, the Netherlands. He's author of George Ademski. A herald for the Space Brothers. His website is www.bgapublications.nl. That's www.bgapublications.nl. And Gerard and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break, continuing our conversation about Georgia Dembski, UFOs, contacts, and much more as the Exxon continues this hour, as we do every hour and have for the past 20 years from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a house I would buy you a house And if I had a million dollars If I And welcome back to the Exxon. My special guest this hour is Gerard Artson. 
His website is www.bgapublications.nl, and uh, we're speaking to Gerard from his home in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. We're talking about the spirituality basically behind UFOs. Uh, George Ademski is uh, the first topic that we're talking about. And I must ask you, Gerard, why do you think that it was George Ademski who was chosen to have first contact? That's a hard one, a tough one to uh, to answer. Um, my guess would be based on on um, what I found out about him, mm-hmm. um, and that not many people believe, and, and I can't blame them. Uh, but he seems to have been a soul from the planet Venus who came into incarnation on our planet uh, to for this mission, particularly for this mission. And in fact, he was trained as a teenager. In, in Tibet by the, you know, the, the masters, um, uh, some would call them yogis, but I think they're a bit more than yogis, masters of wisdom who have their ancient retreats in, in the mountains of Tibet and other places. And he was sent there as a teenager to be trained and uh, in, in a way uh, for his future mission as the, uh, the first person to, um, to speak to the world and write for the world about mm-hmm. the extraterrestrial presence. How do we know that George Ademski really did have contact and that he just wasn't a glory seeker? Um, well, many people have accused him of um, um, of being in it for the money, mm-hmm. but he never really had any personal effects to, to speak of. Um, and he really only uh, did what he was asked to do. He, he, he endured a lot of ridicule and, and uh, defamation, uh, so his career in that respect wasn't a pleasant one, uh, but he held on to it, and, and he always stuck to the facts as he had presented them from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it uh, says a lot uh, for him in terms of character. Now, um, and for the rest, I think it's up to people to read his books. Most of his books, uh, his relevant books uh, in terms of the UFO um, phenomenon, are still available secondhand and, and even uh, new from the George Adamski Foundation. Uh, so uh, his his material is still in, in print in Japan, by the way. Very really? interesting. They have his collected writings, and just two years ago they added a ninth volume to his collected writings in Japanese. So people there seem to think he's still very, very relevant. Now tell me, where did your interest in UFOs and George Ademski come from? Um, I've been a student of what is called the Ageless Wisdom Teachings, the teachings of the ages, mm-hmm. uh, the teachings really that are the, at the core of every religion, every major um, f- uh, school of uh, philosophy. And perhaps people have heard of uh, Madame Blavatsky, oh, certainly, and Alice yeah. Bailey. Um, and uh, so I, I started studying those teachings, and at one point, uh, during my research and study, I came across George Adamski's mm-hmm. first book, and that is called Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East. Madame Blavatsky, if listeners don't know that, um, was the first of a, a series of uh, disciples to take the teachings, the Ages Wisdom teachings, to a new audience, a Western audience, uh, that was really very enamored with the Enlightenment um, uh, school of science and philosophy, um, and she was uh, she was the first really to in- introduce to the Western audience the idea of the evolution of uh, consciousness rather than the evolution of the form, which Darwin had documented uh, in great detail. 
But she said the evolution of form is really there to facilitate the evolution of consciousness. And through an almost seemingly endless string of incarnation after incarnation, we slowly come to a point of perfecting the expression of our real divine nature, our divine essence, if you will. And um, so the, the teachings that she was asked to give to the world, she was given by some of the masters of wisdom, who are the next kingdom in nature up from the human kingdom. They have evolved. They're, they're like people like us, but they mm -hmm. have evolved to the next stage. And uh, many of them have stayed behind to to guide and inspire humanity. And as I just mentioned, George Adamski um, studied as a teenager with some of the Masters of Wisdom, and his first book uh, contains, it's, very, it's a very um, small booklet, but it contains everything really um, that, uh, that people need to know about the, uh, the wisdom teachings and the basis, spiritual basis of life. You know, it's not the size of the book that matters, it's the content of the book. So whether it's a, Absolutely. you know, so I agree with you at that point. Now, now tell me, do you think that after all the studying that you've done and all the research you've done, that there's a connection between UFO sightings and contact and religious philosophies? Yes, very much so. In fact, uh, I think the, uh, if you look at the uh, writings of the early contactees, mm -hmm. among whom George Adamski, but also Daniel Fry, Truman Bethlehem, um, Orvio Angelucci, and several others, you will find that the co at the core of their, the teachings that they were asked to bring to the world, we'll find exactly the same thing as we find at the core of our Earth's religions, uh, all of them, which is... You know, summarized by the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto sure. you. And it's exactly the same. Same message. And that's fascinating, of course. Certainly is. Now, I was wondering if you could say something about the extraordinary photographs that you have in your book of an ET pilot and uh, the control cabin of a flying saucer. Um, my question to you about this, this uh, photograph or these photographs is who made them and where did you find these? Yes, it's it's interesting because uh, I found them in uh, books uh, that were written by an Italian diplomat, Alberto Perego, and his books have never been translated mm -hmm. into English, so they have never been consulted by other UFO researchers. I was uh, lucky enough to have a friend who 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 is Italian. And when I heard about these books, I managed to uh, to find copies secondhand, and I came across these photographs, which I thought were amazing, really, um, to have these photographs that nobody apparently in the English-speaking world had even uh, known about in terms of their existence. Um, so I found them in those books, and and um, there were some very relevant passages in the um, in the writing of uh, this diplomat. This, I mean, this was an, uh, someone in in the uh, service of the Italian government for many, many years, and he served his government, represented his government, his country, in many countries around the world. And at the same time, he was mm -hmm. almost as important for ufology in Italy as George Adamski was uh, in the United States. And Alberto Perego was one of a large group of Italians, some of them very well-known in society, and others, common people, 
who had regular contacts with extraterrestrials who were working and living in underground bases around Italy and, in fact, around Europe. Um, and one, uh, one other person who was involved in that group, and the case has become known recently through the translation of, a, of an Italian book from 2007 called Mass Contacts, came out in English in 2009. Um, the, um, uh, another person was a journalist at the time, Italian journalist, very well known, science and aviation journalist mm -hmm. by the name of Bruno Ghibodi. And he was present when, in 1958, October, I believe it was, a flying saucer was made visible and landed near Francavilla in, uh, in Italy. And he and a companion were allowed to take photographs of a pilot and the interior of the cabin. And that's the history of these remarkable photographs that, uh, before I reproduced them, nobody knew existed. Tell me, why do you think it is, is that these visitors, for a lack of better words, are very subjective on who they reveal themselves to. Why don't they just, you know, show themselves to the masses once and for all so that all the, all the speculation and skepticism can be once and for all dissolved? Yes, I, I understand your question. And in a way, I think that's what they're doing with an increased, greatly increased number of sightings, especially since 2007, apparently. Mm -hmm when the statistics of sightings have, has gone up dramatically. Um, and at, at, uh, uh, on the other hand, they were in contact, and maybe they still are, maybe they've always been, in contact with several governments around the world in the 1950s. And they offered their assistance, technological and, and otherwise, if we would give up our pursuit of nuclear power and, and nuclear bombs, etc., because that's one of their main concerns, that we blow ourselves up, up and, and thereby uh, affect the integrity of the solar system. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the governments, especially the U.S. government, also the U.K. government, maybe the Russian government, I don't know, um, declined. And um, that's when the extraterrestrial visitors decided, well, if the governments don't want their populace to know about our existence, we'll take the long route. And so they uh, decided to continue to introduce themselves to individuals rather than in, in mass uh, sightings. Because the idea was in the 1950s that they would be introduced to the world by the world's governments. And as I said, they declined. So they chose the, uh, the way of uh, going through individual contacts. I don't know. It, to me, it would be to their benefit, if the government didn't want to make the introduction to the masses, that they just make this landing where the, the news media of the day would get it around the world. And, there with, and by doing that, the governments could not perpetrate this alleged uh, conspiracy and cover-up that, that is in place. Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand. Yeah. It's just that they, they, they would never, just like the masters of wisdom, they would never infringe our free will. And they respect our governments, uh, in, especially in those days, but mm -hmm. they still do, even if we don't, gotcha. uh, our governments as the representatives of the people. And uh, because we have chosen, we chose those governments, we elected those governments, uh, the government declined to um, to um, accept their offer. Uh, they decided, well, you know, to go the individual decision. route. Sorry, 
I, I said to go the individual route. Stand by, uh, yes. Gerard. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation. Interesting gentleman. Gerard Artson is his name. His website is www.bgapublications.nl. That's bgapublications.nl. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue talking about UFOs this hour in the X-Zone. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www dot xzoneradiotv.com Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. The X Chronicles newspaper for October, our special Halloween edition, will be sent around the world next Wednesday, the 24th of October, and then the November issue. And then, of course, our second biggest issue is our December our December edition of the X Chronicles newspaper. Now, if you'd like to read online versions, just go to www.xchronicles-newspaper.com forward slash newspaperstand.htm. My guest this hour is Gerard Artson. We're talking about UFOs, George Ademski, the early contacts. And if you'd like more information about our guest this hour, Gerard, you can go to www.bgapublications.nl. That's www.bgapublications.nl. Before we went to the commercial break uh, with the news, uh, Gerard, you and I were talking about why the, the the visitors, whether they're from another dimension or from another planet, don't make their presence known. And, and you know, it, it seems that they don't want to interfere where they're not wanted. Then we talked about the, the reason why they want to make contact is because of going back into the 50s, the very delicate balance that the United States and the U- and the USSR were playing with Cold War and nuclear weapons. Here we are in the year 2012, and we have countries like Iran who are now within years of developing their own nuclear weapon. Why don't they interfere and do something that would show Iran that, hey, you just can't do this? Um, well, I'm not sure if, if uh, they would do that, because... 
we have um, many nations by now that have nuclear capabilities. Mm -hmm. And if many nations have nuclear capability, we we could say, well, why do not why does not every nation have a right to have a nuclear capability? Mm -hmm. Besides, Iran, as far as I understand, has uh, made it very clear that they uh, are not pursuing nuclear weapons for uh, for offensive uh, means. Um, and, you know, and that's open uh, to debate, uh, depending on your political uh, affiliation or your political uh, uh, views. But mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it's again a, a part of their non-interference. It's like the you know the Star Trek uh, Prime Directive. Yeah. Uh, we don't interfere, uh, but I'm sure they will interfere uh, if uh, if it comes to to a head and and uh, and there would be you know. Uh, People uh, would be actually pressing the buttons button, yeah. for uh, nuclear uh, nuclear bombs. Let me they ask. Definitely let me ask you this, Gerard. Where do you think these visitors come from? Do you think that they're from other planets in the solar system, outside the solar system, or are they interdimensional travelers? Mm, um, I'll tell you what I know. Okay. Um, because I haven't met any of them myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but George Adamski insisted uh, throughout his, uh, his life, from his first uh, meeting, that they came from Venus, Mars, and other planets, Saturn, other planets in our solar system. His views were supported, corroborated by Wilbert Smith, um, your, your own very own Canadian government researcher into mm -hmm. aerial phenomena in the 1950s. Um, and uh, again, also by Bruno Ghibodi, the journal Italian journalist that I mentioned. Uh, these are just some people uh, that I know of who insist that they are from um, from planets within our own solar system. The point is that, in in general, we don't see that life is the cause rather than an effect of a chemical accident somewhere in the you know in the back alley of uh, of the Milky Way. Gotcha. Life is the cause of everything. And so whatever we see in the universe is an expression of that life. Uh, and in, in life, for that matter, doesn't need a dense physical, solid physical form to express itself in. It may also express in a uh, matter of higher vib vibration, which is out of our range of vision, but mm -hmm. therefore still, you know, is still, still physical. And, and there are several scientists who have indicated uh, have, have researched these higher levels of matter. There's Wilhelm Reich, an uh, Austrian doctor who fled to the States uh, from the Nazis. There's Rupert Sheldrake, a more recent British uh, biologist who talks about morphogenetic fields and uh, informative causation. And we have our own scientists who are um, chasing this elusive uh, God particle, the Higgs boson, which they now think they may have uh, uh, found a trace of. Uh, in order to establish, for a fact, the existence of 96% of the known universe. Now, so there's a whole layer of matter that we haven't quite uh, uh, managed to measure and to, to, to establish uh, with our own limited scientific means. So I'm, um, I have no problems in, in um, believing Adamski and mm -hmm. Smith and, and Gabodi uh, who say that they uh, are from the other planets in our system, except on a level of matter where we can't see them just because the, the rate of vibration of their atoms is higher in, in their natural state. 
if they want to be seen, mm-hmm. really all they need to do is sort of flick a switch and they lower the, the rate of vibration of the atoms of their ships and their bodies and we can see them. And the next moment, they, if they, they flick back the switch, they'll be invisible again. So, so basically like on, Star, like on Star Trek with the Klingons and their cloaking device. Something like that, even though, although that would be more of a, uh, uh, a device to 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 go invisible for for enemies or whatever. But for them, it's more of their natural state, and uh, uh, they, whenever they are seen, it's because they want to be seen. It's not a matter of coincidence or anything like that. Gerard, uh, you say your book examines the UFO phenomenon against the background of the global changes taking place. Can you elaborate on this, and what changes are you talking about? Well, as we can see, it's, it's very interesting. It's such an exciting time to live right now, because we can see all the uh, traditional structures falling by the wayside, crumbling before our eyes, the mm-hmm. political system, the financial system, the economic system, the educational system. One by one, they, you know, it, it's clear that they are no longer working, no longer fulfilling the needs of the people. And uh, governments, you know, the elections uh, uh, don't really result into uh, favorable conditions for forming a government. When governments are formed, they uh, have no real vision of how to get out of this economic problem. All our structures are based, especially in the last 40 years, on greed and competition, it seems, and, and separation and conflict. And uh, these are no longer working, and the people are catching on to that. If we look at the protest movements that started with the Arab Spring, then went on with the student movements in southern Europe, which developed into the, the whole worldwide Occupy movement, we can see that there's this growing tide of people who understand that their needs are no longer um, fulfilled and, and, and looked after by, by the traditional structures and the traditional systems. And in fact, in an article from 1962, uh, and in his book Inside the Spaceships, um, Adamski, uh, um, not really predicted, but he referred to this time of social upheaval and uh, and that's what we're seeing now. And it's like humanity's awakening again to it's awakening from its cosmic slumber and awakening to its divine nature. And in order to assist humanity uh, in its transition into this new state of awareness, uh, the UFOs are here to help us. Now, something else that you say in your book, you say the message from space is that life is one and that we should live as one. Can you explain exactly what you mean by this? Well, as I said, life is the cause of everything. It's not an effect. And that means that we are all brothers and sisters of one humanity. We are all one part as a human race of an integral part of this planet. We are not the only We are not the ones who can decide Mm -hmm. whether or not to ruin this planet or to pillage it and and pollute it. Um, And we need to realize that we are an integral part and that we have a a large responsibility, big responsibility. Um, And uh, we, at the same time, we are also part of this solar system. So if when when the people from space tell us, well, life is one. And unless you learn to live as one, you will, you will destroy yourselves. 
And it's the same message that the masters of wisdom uh, are giving us through their teachings. Uh, we and, and that relates directly to what you were just asking about the social changes that that we see around the world mm-hmm. happening around the world now. It is really humanity that we see awakening to this realization of, of oneness. And um, uh, of course, we need to find new structures. You know, the, when the when I say the the old structures are no longer working. Um, we that means we we do not yet have the new structures to express that oneness to uh, to implement uh, the things that we need to move away from the precipice, move away from greed and competition, and move into the direction of sharing and, and cooperation to prevent the world to prevent us from destroying the world. Uh, so so that's what that message relates to. Once again, once again I, I, I'd like to bring you back to Georgia Dembski. Were there other people who were being contacted at the same time uh, as the Dembski? And were all the contacts that were happening in these early days, were the visitors from the same place or were different contactees experiencing contact with people from different parts of the, the solar system or the galaxy? Uh, it's interesting uh, because on the exact same day, 20th of November 1952, that George Adamski had his first contact, mm-hmm. uh, a person, um, a physicist in uh, in Brazil, um, he wrote about his experiences under a pseudonym, Dino Craspedon. Uh, he was contacted on exactly the same day, uh, and he was asked to bring the same message to the world. His book came out much later. And that's why Adamski is generally seen, at, at least by me, uh, but also by many others, uh, as a trailblazer in this respect. Um, but his contact happened on exactly the same day. Other contacts happened before Adamski's, and, and many contacts happened since Adamski's. Um, and I haven't, I can't say I've read all of the accounts of the, um, the uh, early contactees, uh, but uh, from the ones, that, the ones that I've read, um, well, some that, that came out after Adamski's books and after he started to be defamed by governments or military interests or the media, um, the, apparently they chose to avoid that avenue and uh, they said they were, they were from outside our solar system. But I think that's mm. just to avoid ridicule. Uh, also because you know, the state-of-the-art uh, probes at that time were already indicating that uh, life at least as we know it on this planet, was not possible on, on the other planets in our solar system. So they preferred not to be ridiculed as Adamski was, and they came up with fantasy names. What about planets that, uh, What yes. about people like Billy Meyer in Switzerland, who has caused quite a controversy as far as, as ET contacts? A lot of his photographs have been exposed uh, as fakes, and how does the hoaxer, the faker affect the credibility of people who have had these encounters? Well, obviously, hoaxers do not contribute very much to the acceptance and the, um, um, the perception of the normalcy of the visitors from space. My, myself, I'm not convinced that uh, Billy Meyer is, uh, is a hoaxer. Uh, there may be photographs uh, that uh, are not entirely mm-hmm. um, uh, the real thing, um, 
uh, and I'm sure there are many, especially now in the days of Photoshop. But uh, I personally believe that the, uh, the the majority of the Billy Meyer photographs are, are real. But he's uh, a good example of someone who knows what uh, knows very well what happened to Adamski, and uh, so he says that they, his contacts are from the Pleiades. Uh, which I think uh, wouldn't make much sense because there's uh, uh, planets and civilizations in our own solar system mm-hmm. far advanced, far beyond ours, and there's so much to learn from them for us in in a in a more natural way, uh, and therefore I don't think it would make much sense for uh, um, Pleiadian uh, civilizations uh, to to contact us. All right, Gerard, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this uh, hour. Exonation Gerard Artson is our special guest. www.gba, I'm sorry, BGA Publications. That's bgapublications.nl. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until, let me see, 2 a.m. Eastern. And on the weekend, from 2 a.m. until 8 a.m. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Explanation, our guest this hour is uh, Gerard Artson, www.bgapublications.nl. Gerard, first of all, I want to thank you very much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish you continued success in getting the the word of the uh, the Space Brothers or those from the other planets or the interdimensionals to the people. And I would like to ask you a hypothetical question, if I may. Let us say, Absolutely. let us say you're driving your car in uh, the country, in the countryside of the Netherlands. You turn a corner, and smack dab in front of you is a spacecraft. Outside of the spacecraft are a couple of extraterrestrials, or space brothers. How would you conduct a conversation with them? Uh, <laughs> Um, if if they wanted a, a conversation with me, uh, I'm sure they'd be able to uh, make that known telepathically. What would you ask them? What, enough. what questions uh, would you ask? Sorry? What questions would you ask? What, what questions would I ask? Uh, I think the first question would be, um, could you take me uh, along for a ride? <laughs> I, you know, I think everybody would like that. Exactly, yeah. That, I mean, that I, I would not pass on that one. No. I remember one day, one time sitting at the lunch table when I was still living with my parents, and uh, that's what I told my my mom. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I saw UFO land, 
uh, I would I would get on uh, without uh, thinking about it. And she said, but you don't even know if they'll have bread. <laughs> <laughs> Typical mother, right? You're very Typical practical. mother. Uh, tell me, uh, we, we've got about a minute left, so do you think that if the population of the planet Earth was to fully comprehend and accept the the notion that the extraterrestrials are here, that there would be a collapse of government and religion as we know it? Um, yes, yes, quite definitely. And, and that's, a, that's exactly the reason why they don't show en masse before governments uh, acknowledge uh, uh, their existence. Mm. Um, and they are only here in support of what's happening. And we're living in momentous times, uh, momentous transitions taking place. And until uh, humanity has reconnected with its uh, spiritual uh, source, with its spiritual essence, as expressed in all the many uh, various religions, uh, there will not be open contact uh, with the extraterrestrial brothers and sisters. Gerard, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. Please come back and see us again. I'd love to talk to you more about UFOs, Georgia Dembski, and contact. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Take care Great of yourself, and uh, thank you once again. ExoNation, our guest this hour, has been Gerard Artson. We've been talking about Georgia Dembski, UFOs, as well as the spirituality behind UFOs. For more information, please visit his website, www.bgapublications.nl. That's www.bgapublications.nl. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You can listen to the Exxon Archives with our compliments seven days a week, 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day at www.xzonepodcast.com. And it's only fair to say that not only our compliments, but the compliments of our many advertisers. 1-800-610-7035 Worldwide Toll Free. Email exxon at xzoneradiotv.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology. Don't go away. 